everybody and welcome to another episode of the relationally awkward podcast i'm devon and i'm nicole what's up y'all hey what's up welcome back so today we have another great amazing episode for you all now we do have some heavy topics to talk about so just giving you a little bit of a heads um so before we get into anything nicole how's your week man because we've been on sort of a two-week hiatus so what's been going on (sighs) life man (laughs) So yeah, I recently got back from um, my first amazing vacation. Um, it was so amazing, so dope. I did not want to come back. Um, even though it rained off and on while I was there, um, it was still so amazing. But the next time I go, nine times out of ten, I will be on the beach every single day. Um, while I was there, I only got to be on the beach for one hour before it rained. So, oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, each day we had different things to do. So, um, my plan next time I go, which hopefully will be for my birthday in January, is to be on the beach every single day. So that's what's been going on with me, as well as just getting ready to launch some amazing things and I can't share yet. But uh when it's ready, I will definitely share it with you all. But Devon, what's been up with you? How your uh what one, two weeks been? That's what's up. Um, my two weeks has been sort of long. Um, I'm now like in the midst of like trying to plan a vacation um, because I need one at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like when you like just like working like back to back to back to back, and it's like you don't take any bit of vacation. It's like you need one after a while. Um, Absolutely. Like seriously, I think that they need to bring back like those mandatory vacations because it's like seriously like. This just working, school, home, and whatever else is not where it's at. This is for the birds. So in the midst of planning a vacation right now, um, along with some other things, just like you, that I can't really speak on right now um, until later on. But that's what's been going on with me. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Please do take a vacation. Listen, anybody that is listening, if you have never taken a vacation, If you have taken a vacation and it's been a long time, please do yourself a favor. Save. I don't care if you have a super tight budget that you have to, you know, save up for. Whatever you do, go ahead and save. Take a vacation before the year is out. Like, please take a vacation. It's so worth it. Like, it's so worth it. Like, my vacation, it was great. It wasn't, you know, super luxurious, but it was amazing, and it was definitely needed. So, whatever you do, go take a vacation immediately. Yep. And it's those memories that you're going to take with you. That's the thing. Like, sometimes, you know, you think about, like, the money and everything like that, but it's like, Mm -hmm. once you go on vacation, especially, like, to a spot that you've never really been to before, you know, you yes. take with you that experience and then like the memories from, you know, being there. So, yeah, definitely take a vacation when y'all get a chance. Absolutely. But talking about taking a vacation. Um, I know one person who's going to be taking a very long vacation from Twitter and that's Nicki Minaj. So I don't know Ooh. if y'all have been paying attention to what's been going on on Twitter, but there's been a huge Twitter battle with, between Nicki Minaj and basically a whole lot of other people in regards to this whole COVID vaccination. So we've been in this this pandemic now for about, what, a year and a half, two years now. So we all know what's been going on as far as like COVID, the vaccinations and, you know, the guidelines behind all of that. So basically, Nicki Minaj went on Twitter, basically simply just letting everybody know that it's your choice to get vaccinated or not. That was pretty much it. It wasn't anything against it or for it it was just a general statement that it's your personal decision to get vaccinated or not and she was met with a lot and i do mean a lot of hate comments a lot of people who just did not agree with her um and this has been something that's been talked about on the view and on some other you know popular talk shows but is yeah. getting out of hand now at this point to the point where her family is now having to like hide out in a completely different country 
um, because of the threats that they're facing, which is just ridiculous. But like, Nicole, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's ridiculous and it's sad. Um, Even before we had social media, um, of course, there were different ways that people would um, send threats or, you know, to certain individuals or let them know how they felt or just keep their opinions to themselves. And now that we do have social media and we have those who like to bully, those who feel like they can say and do whatever they want, um, it's, it's gotten to the point where, you know, it is a safety hazard, you know, um, for lack of better words, um, you know, for not just celebrities, but those who really speak out against anything. And the fact that she just literally shared her opinion um, and now her family is experiencing that, I think it's really sad. Um, when you look at different arenas and industries, there are definitely a lot of people that have experienced this as well. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, I, it's just really sad. It's, it's really sad. Um, and again, she was just sharing her own personal position and thoughts, um, which was not, you know, negative at all, at least, you know, from my perspective. And so um, I just feel like it's really sad. Um, and it's sad that we literally live in a generation where it's that bad right now. It is crazy. And, and here's the thing, because we already know that America is divided as it is you know, with just about everything, every, every topic you can think of, it's always going to be left versus right. You know, we know it's, it's a lot of division that's going on, but like with what we're seeing right now with, especially with this vaccination and it's not just, mm-hmm. you know, her it's it's, you know, everybody else. And, and not speaking on her because she was more so unbiased about the situation and all honesty, but a lot of what you're seeing right now is, is like, if you don't get the vaccination, then you are selfish. Then you are this, that, or the other. But then you have other people on the other side who are very anti-vax, who are like, if you do get it, then you are a sheep. You are this, you are that. And it's like, it's one thing to be divided on a situation because we can agree to disagree. You know, that's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. we do it here on this podcast a lot. You know, we don't always necessarily agree on everything and that's fine but it's another thing when it's like if you don't agree with me then something is wrong with you that's now where it's like and i and i feel like that's where we are with society right now and i think it's only going to get worse you know especially with you know this this vaccine and a lot of other things that we're seeing coming down the line it i for me personally i feel like it's only going going to get worse Well, I think it's definitely um, progressed and in many ways it has gotten worse throughout the years. Um, And now with the power of social media, both, you know, pros and cons connected with that. um, That's true. You know, it is to be expected for things to get worse Um, and in other areas as well. Um, And so it's, it's, again, it's definitely sad to see. um, But at this point it is what it is, you know. Either you're going to get ostracized for sharing your opinion or you're going to be supported by the way, you know, you're going to receive some type of feedback, whether good or bad. That's true. So getting away from Nicki Minaj, because she's not the only one who's sort of going through a battle right now. Um, I don't know how many of you remember Elijah McClain, but there's still sort of a battle right now going on to basically get justice for his murder. Um, back in August of 2009, he died just days after being detained by police. And there was a huge, um, discussion and, and talk around his murder, um, and everything. And so the two paramedics and the three officers have been indicted. Um, looking at the Denver post, it basically states that the two paramedics who administered the sedative ketamine to McLean each faced charges of manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide, as well as three accounts of assault and six sentence-enhancing charges. And the three officers who detained McLean also faced felony charges for their role in the 23-year-old's death in August of 2019. And if convicted, again, if convicted, each man faces years in prison. So that's the part for me when reading that, if convicted, because for me, this should be an open and closed case. This should be 
one of those situations where like when you look at this it's very straightforward there was a lot of you know negligence in this situation they handled the situation very poorly and each person each individual involved in this should be convicted you know i mean i'm glad that we're we're at where we're at right now you know with them being indicted but for me, when I see if convicted, it, it shouldn't be an if convicted. It should be a when they are convicted. Um, right. They should face years in prison, you know, because this isn't the first time, you know, that, you know, a black man or a black person in general has died at the hands of police, you know, going back in or mm-hmm. going forward in 2020, when we started seeing a lot of the riots take place um, in America, especially around George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor, all of that like this is injustice and we need justice for his death and not only just his but every other person who died at the hands of of a police officer so nicole what is your thoughts on this yeah i definitely agree um i i feel like toby explained it best in his song where he said arrest the killers of brianna taylor and elijah mcclain too because they hold that voice. And it, it said, um, I, I know for a fellow string player and musician and violist, um, it was definitely, you know, sad to see the video, sad to hear everything in general. Um, and it really made me think when, of course, the story came out regarding Elijah, or I should say when it became more popular um, around the other killings that happened last year, um, the fact that cases can go by for months and years and there's still no justice there's still no indictments there's still um nothing that has happened in their cases besides oh we hear and see the sad story and that's it you know things go silent or we move on to the next story or the next thing um that has happened and so the fact that we're now in 2021 and people are just now being indicted um and we still have yet to see a certain level of justice occur. Um, I think it's definitely sad, but it's also become our norm, especially within a Black community. Um, you know, even as of recently, we've seen, you know, white cases, um, or I should say cases regarding uh, white uh, men and women um, that have recently occurred blow up in the news and become yep. this whole big thing. And not to say that their lives don't matter because they do. Um, but the fact that they didn't have to wait several months, they didn't yep. have to wait several weeks, they didn't have to wait several years, but their stories automatically started popping up everywhere. And now justice, you know, they, you know, their families want justice to be served immediately. Um, and they're getting exactly what they want, and what they're looking for. However, when it comes to many Black um, incidents and issues, whether it's through police brutality, whether it's any type of injustice done against us. We have to wait or we will never see that justice occur. Um, and so I, I just feel like it's, it's very sad. Um, but I am glad that at least, you know, people are being indicted. But even with that, we still need more justice. And mm-hmm. since we're on that topic, yep. let's also go ahead and throw in Brianna Taylor's case exactly. as well. Because we're still waiting. We we are still waiting, you know. So, yeah, that's awesome. And, and it's, it's like like you said before, it's it's sad when, and that's that alone should tell you something with what you were saying as far as how you know when it comes to white people, they don't have to wait that long. You know, justice is almost served like immediately. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's one thing for somebody who is black to come in and I'm only using it sort of like as a as an anecdote, but like it's one thing for a black person to come in and, you know, ask for the manager. You know, we we look you know, like we we causing a ruckus, you know, like we're causing issues and, and everything like that. But then let somebody who is white come in and ask for a manager is it's the manager is there in 0.2 seconds. Resolving every issue that they have, and it just it, it shows how. We're treated compared to white people in society. You know, and it shows that, I mean, granted, yes, we've made some progress, but the truth of the matter is, is like, 
with with situations situations like this, it's like you almost have to ask yourself, like, well, have we really made progress? Like, have we really come far? And it just seems like it, it seems like it's always such a fight to get people to notice us as human beings as well. We're human just like yeah. you. And it's just sad that we are put in these situations where we never get, really get to see justice, you know, for things that have happened to us at the hands yeah. of other people. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally feel you, but, you know, the story continues. Um, Black Lives Matter continues. Um, You know, that's why it's important to be connected to um, organizations, to be connected to um, advocates. It's important to be connected in general um, to what's happening, to even take preventative measures before anything like this can occur again. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Speaking of Black Lives Matter and the importance um, of Blackness and Black culture, um, I'm not sure if many of you have seen this as of yet, but there is a picture circulating on social media of a representative who is um, basically set in place to help um, protect Um, and just help um, Haitians in general um, in Haiti who have recently lost their president. They recently experienced um, a number of weather incidents in their country. Um, There is a particular um, man who is riding a horse, leaning over, and utilizing a whip in his hand to whip um, Haitian men who are carrying food and drinks to their families. I repeat, there is a man on a horse with the whip in his man, excuse me, with the whip in his hand, leaning over and whooping a man who is carrying food and drinks to his family. It's actually multiple photos. When I tell you I saw this photo and felt sick to my stomach enraged absolutely enraged because here's the thing of course we experienced and saw a lot of racism um increased um while 45 was in office um and we heard a lot of (laughs) racist um language and conversations and we saw a lot of racist acts um happening as well But to see a video that reminds us of the years and years and years of slavery that Mm -hmm. our ancestors experienced. I know um, Sean King uh, posted the photo and something he mentioned was um, to see the U.S. government using horses and whips on desperate, hungry people is an abomination. Angela Rye, who was someone I absolutely love and support. Um, She actually did a video and something she mentioned was whips. Is it 1821 or 2021? Asylum is a human right, not a crime. These images of the U.S. Border Patrol whipping and rounding up Haitian immigrants seeking asylum on horseback are nothing short of triggering and telling of the treatment of our people. This isn't partisan. It's about morality. Secretary Mallorca, um, heed the wise words of Benny G. Thompson and treat human beings with decency and hold these perpetrators responsible. Again, when we look at justice, when we look at so many things that are done to us, even within our Black community, across the board, across the borders, in other countries, it has never stop. It never stopped. After all of these years, after all the suffering, after all the tears, after everything that we've been through, it never stopped. And this is proof right here. Even when you take a look outside of police brutality, this is a reminder that it has never stopped. 
it never stopped and it is continued. And the fact that they have experienced so much already within their country and those that they're supposed to trust to protect and serve them. Again, this is a completely different country, but they're literally supposed to put their trust in and feel protected by those who have sworn to serve, who have sworn to serve freely and willingly mistreating immigrants. Like it's beyond words, it's devastating, um, it's hurtful, especially when I know people that originally were born in Haiti that still have connections out there, still have family out there. Like this is just absolutely ridiculous. But Devon, how are you feeling about this? I you know, when I saw the photos, it it pissed me off to no degree. Um, just because of the fact that it's like, again, you know, when we're talking about like the treatment of black people in general, it's like it 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 shows it and it and it th- this whole entire photo tells a whole entire story of it. Um, and it makes me think back, you know, in a day where we were beaten, we were lynched, you know, and everything like that, just just for being black, you know. And, and lynching I mean, I still occurs now. It, it does, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and it it makes me sad that this happened, but I'm also sort of glad that this photo was put out there because it's, it's, it's as shocking as it is. I'm hoping that this sort of shocks other people and sort of wakes them up and open has them open up their eyes to see like what's really going on in America you know now for some people this is probably like entertainment and enjoyment for them just because of the fact that you know they don't like us anyway but like I'm hoping that for some people maybe for a few this will be sort of like an eye-opening thing to for them to see what's really going on in America the other part that I have to say about this is is that, you know, this person is coming over to provide food and drink and whatever else to their family. So they're providing for their families, you know, the best way that they know how, you know, now granted, you know, maybe them crossing the border illegally may not necessarily be, you know, I guess, you know, the best answer or whatever, but at the end of the day, they're trying to provide for their family. And we don't know what's going on in these other places of the world, you know, because we're sort of, you know, in our own little bubble here in America, you know, we have our own problems and everything like that, but we don't know what's going on in these other places in the, in the world. We don't know what is going on with them. So a lot of these people who are like trying to cross the border and they're trying to come over here, they're trying to escape a lot of the oppression. They're trying to escape a lot of the craziness that's going over there in these other places. And they're trying to find some place, you know, where they can, you know, be free. They can be, you know, um, have at least a semblance of the, the sort of, you know, lives that we live here, you know? So it's like, just to see this, it's, there's a lot of things that are going through my head when I saw uh, when I saw that photo, mm-hmm. you know, and right. there's a lot of things that are going through my head right now, you know, because I kind of mm-hmm. sound like I'm all over the place or whatever. But it's like it's it's saddening to see this still going on in 2021. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And one thing I think about is going back to the movie Hotel Rwanda mm-hmm. and um I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. Um, but I do remember um, the leader and the person who ran the hotel um, speaking to one of the media guys saying, you know, when you guys go back home and go to the U.S. and, they, you know, everyone sees this footage and they'll definitely send help. And the media guy literally had to tell him um, that, you know, people are going to see it. You know, they're going to be in their homes and watch it on their TVs and say how sad it is and go about their day, go about their life. They're not going to come and help. And as sad as that is to hear and see, um, sadly, that that has been, you know, our actions throughout the years. Now, I won't say for everyone, um, but for a good number of people in the U.S., you know, that has definitely been... um, us 
You know, we, yeah. we haven't fully supported even those overseas that have um, continued to experience hardships um, in this aspect um, as well. And so um, hopefully we can, you know, continue to change that narrative because as of right now, many of us are, of course, are upset um, and, you know, see this and are like, oh, that's sad. But let's actually take the next steps to make sure that this does not continue to happen. Um, and of course this is one level of, um, you know, abuse that has taken place, um, overseas, but even when we look here in the U.S., we've dealt with a lot of things as well. Um, looking at, um, Simone Biles recently, she came out, um, and spoke about the sexual abuse that she's experienced with a previous, um, doctor. Um, that was assigned to um, basically care for um, many um, gymnasts um, and those who um, are Olympic athletes. Um, and the doctor's name um, is Larry Nassar. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and so Simone Biles, along with many other gymnasts, um, recently spoke out um, in court um, and a few things that she shared was I don't want another young gymnast or Olympic athlete or any individual to experience the horror that I and hundreds of others have endured before, during, and continuing to this day in the wake of Larry Nassar abuse. Um, and she definitely choked with a lot of um, emotion as well. Um, she, as well as other gymnasts, um, have definitely reported sexual assault. Um, however, the first um, allegations began in 2015. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> um, the one of the FBI agents um, that received information um, did not investigate um, the allegations and recently um, was accused of failing to investigate the allegations and was recently fired. Um, Simone also mentioned in court that nobody should be off limits. Nothing should be off limits. Um, she personally would like to see all three organizations completely investigated. And they also want to see them um, at least be federally prosecuted to the fullest extent because they need Absolutely. to be held accountable. Um, I think that's extremely important because so many times we see in so many different types of cases, whether sexual assault, whether um, other, you know, levels of abuse as well, um, where people are not held accountable. Um, and I'm not just talking about the perpetrators or the abusers, um, but also those who were well aware of what was happening, um, whether it's on Olympic level, whether it's on a local level, uh, whatever that looks like. And so I think it's really important to um, have these people held accountable. But Devon, what are your thoughts about this? I, I think so. I don't know what she when she said we have been failed. I don't know if she was referring to, you know, just the women who were involved in that particular case. Um, but like when I yeah. see we have been failed, I think about just women in general. I think women in general have been failed. Um just throughout the years, you know, because there's so many cases mm -hmm. besides this one where it's like you you read about the case and it's like there was nothing that happened to these men who, you know, committed these heinous crimes. You know, there was nothing that happened or or something did happen, but it wasn't to the degree that, you know, that matched the crime that they committed. Right. And when I look at this, I was reading something the other day and they were talking about how. And again, this is based off of society, not based off of what, you know, for those who are listening, based off of what me and Nicole personally believe, but based off of society, you know, they believe that, you know, when a, a you know, a boy or a man is, you know, sexually assaulted in this way, it's unnatural. So when they're put to trial, justice is almost served immediately. Whereas for women, it's like, well, oh, she'll get over it. And th there was one um, reporter who was actually talking about it and she was saying how, you know, sometimes even those who are part of the jury who are, 
you know, listening in on this, you know, some of them have gone through sexual abuse, rape and whatever, you know, the case may be. And, you know, their own personal thoughts is, is like, oh, she'll get over it. Whereas with the guy, it's like, this isn't right. You know, justice needs to be served. So I think women in general have been failed. Like, this is ridiculous. There, there has to be some sort of system in place that has to hold these men accountable and responsible for the things that they have done, the things that they have said, the way that they have made these women feel, you know, the situations that they have, you know, put these women in, like they have to be held accountable and responsible because this type of behavior cannot continue on. And it's like you would think in the wake of like the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement and everything like that, that at some point, you know, we would have, you know, progressed to a certain place. And in, in, in some ways we have, but it's like, again, with some other things that we talked about earlier in the podcast is like, have we really progressed? Because like, this right. is ridiculous. Right. There should be some sort of consequence behind what has happened because these are not... Mm-hmm just women these are you know this is somebody's sister this is somebody you know in in other situations this is somebody's mother this is somebody's grandmother this is somebody's daughter somebody's somebody right you know what i mean so it's like mm-hmm. at what point do we say okay justice has to be served now granted yes we want everybody to have a you know a fair trial you know you, you're you're innocent until proven guilty, I guess, in a way. Um, But at the same time, it's like when you have all these women who are coming forth, who are saying the exact same thing, you know, most of them have all given the exact same sort of account, you know, of of what he's done to them. It's like, okay, what what more proof do you need? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really, really good. Um, I definitely agree. So, yeah. um, I I can't wait to see how this case definitely progresses um from here and i definitely can't wait and i know there are definitely other um sexual abuse irate molestation cases happening as well that are in the limelight right now so um i definitely look forward to seeing how those cases go as well so simone biles is definitely one of many amazing powerful strong beautiful amazingly talented black women that i admire um and one of my favorite, when I say favorite, I have looked up to this woman since being Mary Jane, um, since her first book, We're Gonna Need More Wine, um, since even before that, <laughs> um, and some of her prior <laughs> roles that she um, has had as well. Um, Gabrielle Union, she is one of my favorite I mean, one of my favorite people in the world. Um, I love her transparency. I love her freedom that she has um, and her personality and her speech and just all that she's accomplished, all that she's overcome throughout these years. Um, And of course, she has her own story um, that she shared um, with the world regarding previous abuse that she's experienced as well. However, we're not going to talk about that. So we are going to discuss her new book that she has, that she's currently on a book tour um, for, which is called You Got Anything Stronger. When I tell you I'm so sad that I missed her in Chicago, um, but <laughs> I definitely look forward to catching her the next go round. But um, I so enjoyed her first book, We're Gonna Need More Wine. So I know this second book that she has is going to be absolutely amazing. And it's absolutely amazing. Um I know she's definitely been through a journey um, with her husband, um, Dwayne Wade. Um, And I know many of you know of Dwayne Wade. For those that don't, go ahead and look him up. Because, I mean, the combination of Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade are, like, just super dope. But in 2013, um, before they got married, Dwayne Wade ended up having a baby with another woman. And, of course, Gabrielle Union never publicly um, came out and talked about that. However, recently within her book, she does talk about um, her journey as well as, you know, her struggle with dealing with that. Um, And then being married, keep in mind, they are, I believe, 10 years apart from each other. And so she is older um, than Doi Wei. However, you would never know the difference. (laughs) Um, And, you know, she has had some issues with, um, you know, 
not necessarily getting pregnant, but carrying her uh, children. Um, I believe she said she's had over eight to 10 uh, miscarriages. She lost wow. count somewhere in there. Um, I believe she had um, endometriosis. Um, and anyone who's dealt with PCOS, who's dealt with endometriosis, fibroids, any cysts or issues, um, female issues, knows that it can definitely be difficult um, when it comes to um, getting pregnant or carrying a child. Um, we have other health issues going on, especially um, within your uterus um, or other organs as well. And so um, at one point, you know, she tried a lot of um, IVF cycles and um, different things to try and, you know, um, get pregnant again or try and keep, you know, the child um, as well. And there was basically one option left. Um, and it, they only had about a 30% chance, I believe, of getting pregnant. And D-Wade literally um, has to take a pause um, in the midst of their conversation and have to tell her, like, you've done enough. Um, as much as we want this baby, I want you. We've lost too much in our relationship for me to be okay with encouraging you to do one more thing to your body and your soul. Um, and in Gabrielle's book as well, she talks about how she was willing to sell her soul to have a child, like a successful child in labor, because she wanted to have the physical experience of having a child um, in a healthy one at that. And so she definitely delves into um, a lot of her um, insecurity, a lot of her hardship um, with um, her journey to motherhood. Um, eventually, you know, her doctor definitely told her that, you know, surrogacy would be the best option for them. And eventually she gave in and, you know, definitely talks about her journey with that. Um, and now they have their amazing and beautiful daughter, Kavia, who is definitely like, a multifaceted, beautiful, amazing, hilarious, <laughs> like shady baby, as they uh, call her. And uh, just to watch her journey of growing and becoming is absolutely beautiful. Um, so in saying all of that, basically we just want to touch on the pressures, the experiences that, especially at, at especially from the standpoint of being a Black woman um, and what we experience when it comes to relationships, when it comes to being in the public eye, when it comes to um, having certain health issues and those hardships is definitely difficult. Um, it's absolutely yeah. difficult. I, I feel like throughout the years, um, there have not been enough conversations around um, Black women's health, um, as well as the struggles that Black women have experienced in getting pregnant. Um, again, um, Being Mary Jane is one of my favorite shows. I felt like I could so relate so much to Mary Jane's character um, throughout the years. Um, and I know um, at one point in one of the seasons um, of the show, before it ended, um, Gabrielle actually, you know, um, was doing, a, you know, an IVF left. I said that whole thing over. I know at one point um, in one of the seasons for being Mary Jane, um, Gabrielle Union actually did an IVF cycle at the time. I don't know if they were like real, like specifically for her as well um, at that time. But I know on the overall show, um, she basically represented, you know, um, Mary Jane, you know, being the news anchor, having an IVF cycle that did not really work out. Um, she only had two good eggs, fertilized eggs, um, that she'll be able to utilize. Um, and so um, she ended up, you know, having the option to um, still try and have those eggs removed. Um, and eventually she just chose to try and have a child, you know, with her ex-boyfriend at the time, right when it would have been like the moment to have her eggs removed um, in which she did not get pregnant. Um, of course, later on, last season, she got, you know, pregnant, had a baby and whatnot. But just to see the overall um, sadness around trying to conceive, trying to have a child. Um, I know for myself, I've not had a child. I've not tried to have a child as of yet. Um, however, um, to see how things have come out within the last few years around, um, you know, Black women having conversations of the difficulties of getting pregnant, the difficulties of IVF, the difficulties of surrogacy, the difficulties of 
even struggling to think, am I going to be able to, you know, um, connect with my child if I do have them via surrogate? You know, um, what if I don't have enough eggs to try and freeze them, to try and have a surrogate, to, you know, save them for later and all those different things. Um, For those that do not know, you know, Black women are the highest when it comes to um, infant mortality, when it comes to having, um, you know, hard childbirth. And so even with getting pregnant, having a successful pregnancy, having a successful labor um, and a healthy one at that is definitely a huge struggle, especially amongst black women. So I think it was definitely important to have that conversation um, to also bring that awareness um, up as well, just as Gabrielle Union has in her book. So, um, again, I've not read it as of yet. Um, it just became available. And so I cannot wait to download it um, and to go ahead and read it. But Devon, what are some of your thoughts when it comes to this? Well, you just gave the whole audio book right there. So <laughs> I mean, she's my favorite, you know, she's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think um, what one, I think it goes without saying that, you know, Women are very strong. Y'all women are very strong. Um, you know, us men are strong as well. Yes, but I think y'all women are are very strong, especially like when it, like mentally and everything like that and emotionally, because it's like, you know, to go through all of that and, you know, especially in the public eye at that, you know, it's one thing to deal with something and you're not in the public eye. It's another thing to deal with it and you're in the public eye. Um, I think it's so important to have or or to go through therapy because when you think about like the mental health portion of this you know a lot of that had to have some sort of strain on her mentally you know and as as strong as as people are you know male or female at some point you know a lot of that can weigh on you heavily you know and it can affect you at some point um, so I think yeah. it's important to definitely have therapy or to go through therapy, especially like when you're in situations like this, because, you know, having that many miscarriages, you know, trying out these different options and not knowing what's going to work it, you know, and, and then, you know, again, being out in the public, I, it's like, I, I need therapy just thinking about it because it's, it's, it's a lot to have to like deal with, you know, thankfully she's married. And so she has, you know, um, her significant other there to sort of like help her, you know, support her through it all or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, that's still gotta be hard. You know what I mean? To like not know. Um, and then the part where she said, you know, she almost sold her soul to, you know, make this happen. I can understand that, you know, you, you know, a bit of, of my sort of backstory with, you know, certain things and everything like that. But I, I can understand that um, because I've I've been in that place, not obviously with bringing a baby to term. I'm, I can't, obviously, I'm a guy. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, I, I've been in a place before where it's like, you know, I've almost, you know, metaphorically speaking, sold my soul to try to make certain things happen. Um, and I understand that mindset that, someone has to be in to get to that point because it's like I'm now at a place of like sheer desperation where it's like I want this to happen at all costs you know because this is something that I really desire so whatever I have to do at all costs I want this to happen I'm gonna make this happen so I understand the place that she's in um and and, or the place that she was in um to even get to that place to even get to that that way of thinking so I'm, I, I say kudos mm-hmm. to her for being able to like, you know, push through all of that um, and then to be able to tell her story, um, because at some point somebody else in the world is is going through this or will go through this. And so it's important to definitely, you know, get her story out there um, to help somebody else who is finding their way through, you know, this their, their own personal journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I just cannot wait to like absolutely read the book. <laughs> like I'm so excited. I I cannot wait. Um, she's been such an inspiration for myself. Um, of course I don't agree with everything, but um, she's been such an inspiration for myself. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. The day that you meet um, her, I know you're just gonna go crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna go crazy, but I'm definitely gonna be shedding tears. 
I will definitely <laughs> be shedding tears um, because she's definitely had, and, and I'm not even really a starstruck person like that, but there mm-hmm. are certain people that have literally changed my life. And so yeah. even without me knowing them personally. And so there are definitely some, you know, some people I'll cry for. There are a few, cause I'm not a huge cryer unless, you know, certain moments, but um, yeah, I'm excited for that. And I look forward to that and hopefully it'll happen one day. Right now, you know, we are definitely individuals who love hard truths. And if you've been listening to our podcast the past two seasons, or even up to now with the third season, you know that we love telling hard truths. And so, my hard truth that I want to share is being all in. And when I say being all in, I mean being all in. My thing that is a pet peeve of mine is when someone says they're going to do something and they don't do it. I I cannot stand a liar. I cannot stand someone who does not keep their word. Don't lie to me. Don't tell me you're not going to do. Don't tell me that you're going to do something and you know you're not going to do it. Like just, Just be honest. Just be honest. But I really just want to focus in on if you are setting a goal, if you are making a commitment to yourself or to someone else, and especially if it's very beneficial, be all in. Push past fear. One thing you are always here is talking about on this podcast is pushing past fear, putting your foot in your hands to the plow and doing what it is that you need to do. And so it is so important to be all in no holds barred no hesitation or if you are hesitant that is the best place to go ahead and push yourself forward be all in do not lose out do not make yourself or anyone else connected to you like miss out on what it is that's very close (laughs) or even far ahead because it is so beneficial it is so worth it y'all it's so worth it Devon and I we're not even where we want to be in life yet like we have not even touched the surface we've done some great amazing things yes we're working on some great and amazing things that we can't wait to tell you guys about and that's just individually but there's so much more for us to do We have not even touched the surface. And you know what? We're all in. Why? We don't have a choice at all. Because at the end of the day, whatever we do in our life, yes, it's going to be beneficial to us, but it's going to be even more beneficial to those that are coming behind us. Like this podcast, it's great. It's amazing. It's beautiful. But it's not even touched the surface on what it's going to be and what it's going to become in the future. And that's just one aspect of what we have our hands in. And so I encourage you, anybody who's listening, I encourage you, if you've already gotten started, I mean, go ham, go for it, like, go for it and don't stop and continue to build because in your process, in your journey, it's not only going to stretch you but it's going to make you even greater and you will be able to handle so much more on so many more levels and it's going to change your life and it's going to change the lives of those who are connected to you and to those that are coming behind you. So if you're going to do something, if you have a goal, whatever you are putting your hands and feet to, Go all in. Be all in. So that's what I got for today. Uh, Devon, what's your heart truth? What what I want to talk to people about, my sort of like last remarks, is guilty by omission. And whenever we do like an episode of the podcast, you know, we sometimes we start off with the topics that we want to talk about. And then as, you know, the days progress, sometimes we may you know, substitute or switch out some topics and, and everything like that. But as I was thinking about a lot of the topics that we didn't talk about, and even some of the ones that we talked about today, I was thinking about 
some of the common themes with a few of the the stories or a few of the topics that we were talking about. And what came to my mind is being guilty by omission. And what I mean by that is, is that a lot of times we feel like if we aren't a part of the problem, then we aren't guilty. You know, if, if we didn't directly cause it, you know, then we're not we're not guilty. You know, we, we can sort of throw up our hands and say, you know, like I'm innocent. But the truth of the matter is, is that if you have seen something and you said nothing, you were guilty as well. And I want, you know, the audience to really know that if you see injustice that's going on, if you see, you know, e- even before it gets to like, you know, sexual assault, if you see even on the workplace, somebody is being harassed, whether that is male or female, if you see somebody being harassed, it is your obligation to speak up, to say something, to let someone know this yeah. is not okay. And even if you don't say it directly to the person, you know, who, you know, who is doing the victimization or who is, you know, doing the the crime, go tell somebody else. Let them know what you saw, what was going on, because when this when the, the victim again, whether he whether it be male or female, when the victim comes forth and, you know, says this is what's ha- this is what happened. They have a witness there to say, like, I was there as well. I saw this happening. You know, right. they, they they now have like, you know, two reports versus just this person saying this happened to me. They also have another report to back that up saying this person also saw this happening. So whenever you see stuff going on, do not be quiet. And I think that that a lot of the times that's what happened, especially like when you see things happening in like you know, group settings. Um, I was watching a video the other day where this bully was um, pretty much, you know, badgering this kid. And there was a group in a circle surrounding them and nobody did anything. And a lot of them feel like, oh, well, I'm innocent because I'm not touching the kid or I'm not beating up on the kid. But the truth of the matter is, is that each and every single last one of them was guilty because of the fact that they did nothing and they said nothing. They did not even Mm -hmm. make an attempt to try to step in to try to, you know, stop whatever was happening from happening. So my thing to you is my charge to you all is, is to take action. Whenever you see injustice, take action. Whenever you see harassment going on on the workplace, sexual harassment, whenever you see a situation escalating to a point that it should not be escalating to step in, take action, do something, but don't just stand there and say, well, oh, this is not my problem. You know, this is their Mm -hmm. problem. No, because that's how people get into the situations that they get themselves into, especially when they don't have, you know, the ability to stop the situation from happening. You know, it's important for somebody else to step in. So that's my charge to you all. Take action, because otherwise you are still guilty by omission. That part. I mean, that was a dope line. <laughs> a couple of lines, actually. So, yeah, I think that was really, really good. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Relationally Awkward Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3. We're so excited again to be back and to be with you all. And, of course, there's always so much going on. And sometimes it's very serious. Sometimes it's a little comedic. Sometimes, you know, it's a little light. But, you know, it's definitely worth talking about and it's important to talk about. Stay up to date with who we are and what we're doing. Feel free to visit our website, www.relationallyawkward.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at relationallyawkward. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. And we will talk to you soon. Okay.